0: listen to your heart your heart is never wrong
1: Always face the truth. Your heart won't you more. welcome to Soul Wealth, wealthy conversations that nurture the soul get ready for an enlightening conversation that will nurture your soul and help you live your best life now here's your host Dr. Vicki Johnson.
0: Welcome to the Soul Wealth Radio Show. I am your host, Dr. Vicki Johnson, here on 96.3 HD4 and DCradio.gov, here on the Soul Wealth Radio Show. We have wealthy conversations that nurture the soul, and these conversations have been incredibly inspiring, insightful, informative, illuminating. My guests are all masterful in their own right. And I say it because I'm so deeply grateful that I am on my way to over 350 episodes, which means I've had that many powerful conversations. And today is no different. I am so grateful to have here in the studio with me a sister who is beautiful Inside and out, she's brilliant and she is my soul roar, y'all know it, Delta Sigma Theta. Sorority incorporated. incorporated. She is my soror as an extensively trained and certified professional instructor. She serves as a mentor who guides children through their work while also providing direction, support, and encouragement. She's masterful at creating an at-home study plan in addition to monitoring classroom assign- assignments and emphasizes the importance of accurately completing each assignment within a designated time frame. This has helped many of her students increase self-confidence, thus becoming more self-reliant. She is the director of the Math and Reading Center in Crofton, Kumon, and a native of Seattle, Washington, who moved to Washington, D.C. Get ready for it, y'all, to obtain her Bachelor of Science degree in Civil Engineering from the not Ohio State, Howard University. You know, we got to do it. H-U, you You know. know. (laughs) And she has a master's in leadership from Georgetown's McDonough School of Business. She also previously worked at Accenture as an executive to establish a consulting firm that provided training and change management solutions. She's consulted for Prince George's County Schools and substituted for local private schools in the DMV area. Always having a passion for teaching and training. She's been a mentor, tutor, and role model for over fifteen years. She was accepted into the Rosier. Is that how you say it? Yes. Okay. School of Education, (laughs) Master's in Teaching program at USC, the University of Southern California, but decided to combine her passion of education and business and open the Kumon Math and Reading Center in Crofton, Maryland. She's the mom of two beautiful children, AJ and Julia, and has used the Kumon supplemental activities and her children absolutely love it. After researching the Kuman program, she enrolled her own children in the program and have seen it work wonders on their math and reading comprehension skills, their academic confidence and study skills as well. Listen, I'm so excited to have the technology chair of the North Arundel County Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Shout out to our president, Soror Tally. Tally Red. But welcome to the Soul Wealth Radio Show, Jackie Langworthy. Hello. Hello, hello. Y'all can hear her smiling. She has the most beautiful <laughs> smile. So that's what you hear. You hear her talking through this beautiful smile that she has. How are you?
1: I'm well. I'm well today.
0: And you look well. You look beautiful. What was it like for you listening to me read your bio or just a snapshot? Because I know that's like a cliff note version.
1: It's always hard to hear people talk about your accolades. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's, um seems like I've accomplished a lot. Um, most importantly is my children, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, it brought a smile to my face. Hopefully, I've impacted lives with the kids that I reach and teach each and every day. So, I guess I've, I've done some things.
0: You've done some <laughs> things. And, you know, I take the time to do that because frequently we are so busy working in and on our passion and our vision that we don't take the time to pause and look at it and really just sit in awe of how much we have accomplished, right? Because we're always on to the next thing. Oh, I did that. Let me go to the next thing. So I love, this is like one of my favorite parts, is reading like the entire thing. Because, you know, people come in, you don't have to read all of that. Just cut through some of that. <laughs> Mm-mm. I, want, I want you to hear it all. And I want those listening to hear who I'm conversing with because I think it's powerful. So congratulations. Thank you on everything and Thank it's a you. moment for me to celebrate you and to honor you and to say congratulations just on everything that you've done because you are making a difference. Thank you. And I think it's important for you to know that and hear that right now. Like who inspires you?
1: Obviously my children. They are my biggest inspiration. They're my why. They're the reason why I wake up each morning. They're the reason why I have to get up early in the morning and start my day. But they are my inspiration, I thank God, every day for them. They are the reason why I'm here and why my heartbeats are those two heartbeats that came from me. They are my absolute inspiration. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. You have an artist, right? I do. I have um she started off in dance and mm-hmm. now she's in theater. Um, My middle name is Star with two R's. And I say, I tell them the two R's are for them because they're my two stars. She is um, just, since she was born, she was born to be on stage. And I just, my inspiration is to see what is going to come next, um, what she's going to do. She is now at Duke Ellington um, in the theater program and she loves it. It's a perfect space for Mm -hmm. her to be who she really is. So it's just amazing. And my son He's just as phenomenal, just an intelligent young man, intelligent young black man Mm -hmm. um, who is just respectful. He's just a really good kid. Both of them are. I'm very, very, very blessed. And he's intelligent. He's talented. He's athletic. I mean, anything that—I told him he's been given so many gifts. So I'm just blessed that they were able to come through me. But they're absolutely my inspiration.
0: I know. I know. I know that feeling well. I know you do. And so— I get that. I get I get that why. And I get that as being a driver for you and to watch them just flourish and, and bloom. I know it's powerful. So what has been one of your greatest lessons in life mm. thus far?
1: I would say my greatest lesson was putting away my pride
0: mm.
1: and to be humble. I experience. I think if you've lived any amount of time, you've experienced some things. And, um, you know, I went through a time where I had to put away my pride and ask for help. And there were so many people that were willing to help. And it took a minute mm-hmm. and I tried to do it all on my own. And then finally, I hit a point where I just said, I can't anymore. And, you know, God showed up and showed me all these wonderful people that were in my life that were there to support me, to get me through. But I just had to let go of my pride. What do they say? Pride comes before the fall. Mm -hmm. It definitely did. And when I fell, luckily I was blessed with so many people there to like lift me up and get me through. So today that was probably the biggest lesson that I've learned is just to be humble and to let go of your pride. I want to dig into that
0: Absolutely. a little bit, because so many people see asking for help as a weakness when it's really a strength. <laughs> so what kind of happened, I want to say, like what got you to that point, not where you put away your pride and ask for help, but where you felt like you had to do it all yourself.
1: Mm. I would say I was kind of raised to be very independent, uh-huh. you know, and I took pride <laughs> in being independent that, you know, I could do anything without asking anyone and I didn't need anyone. And that I got all of the things, as we talk about my uh-huh. background and bio, or I've achieved all of these things on my own. So I think that culture and nature of just you were rewarded for doing things on your own that you didn't have to ask anyone. Um, almost because I didn't want to hear no. Mm-hmm. I didn't want some, I didn't want the rejection of someone saying asking for help and someone saying that they couldn't help me or maybe they couldn't help me in the way I wanted it. And so I began to just do things on my own, and that was just kind of the way that I ran my life and didn't think of any other way to operate, but being able to do everything on my own. So that's what got me there. That's a hard wall to hit. Isn't it? it is.
0: <laughs> it is. I've hit that wall. Absolutely. I've hit that wall where you just crash almost. Yeah. And the only way you can get up is to kind of extend your hand. And that's when you realize who's really there. How has that shaped your friendships and your relationships, like the people who were there for you in those moments, in that moment? How did did it shape your relationship with them?
1: It actually just did a lot of self-reflection for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it obviously it showed me in that moment of time, I really was able to identify who was really my friend. The ones that were there when it was the good times, but really the ones that showed up in the hard times. And they were, you know, telling me, like, we're here for you. You know, you didn't have to suffer and go through this on your own. And we became obviously closer. um, And I've identified, you know, who those people are. And it actually, like I said, in the self-reflection taught me a lot to be able to see others that are kind of going through it and being able to explain to them or offer my support and offer it in a way that they almost can't even refuse it. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that was, I guess, very eye opening for me and just the change and the shift in the relationships. I identified who really had my back and Mm -hmm. who was going to be in this journey for the long haul. Because some were just there during that period. and That was fine. But there were really, it stood up. These are the ones that really have your back and you will do anything for them and they will do anything for you. So it just, I think those relationships just became stronger and just impenetrable. There's nothing that can, you know, break that bond that we have because of the experience of which I went through.
0: It's really powerful for people to see you at your worst and love you anyway.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And not make you feel bad. No judgment. But just add their faith to yours, their strength. To yours, their muscle when you have none. Absolutely. You know, to help you get up. And and so I I appreciate relationship for that reason. Here's another question for you. Share a moment that changed your life forever. Like after that moment happened, you knew life would never be the same for you.
1: So I'm gonna go back to my children. Okay. I did not. Like you said, I have an engineering degree. Very logical. Very much, you know, here's the plan. Type A personality. Boom, boom, boom. Check, check, check. Kids was not on that plan. Really? (laughs) They were not. I played with Legos. I didn't think I was going to be playing (laughs) with baby dolls. (laughs) So um, I just didn't think that... Not that it wasn't going to happen, but, you know, I had a lot of fear in whether I'd be a good mother. It just wasn't on the plan or on the horizon. But obviously, God had a plan for me that I didn't know about. And when I had my son at Howard University Hospital (laughs) 16 years ago, that changed my life forever forever the plans went away, Uh you know, uh, this child needs whatever he needs. And, you know, if it's not on my to-do list, it it still needs to get done. Um, But that absolutely changed motherhood, completely changed my life. It is the reason why I do Kumon. Uh You know, I decided to shift from IT making a whole lot of money (laughs) to staying at home with them. I stayed at home with them for two years and I homeschooled them. And it just, Changed everything. It changed, um, it helped me to find my purpose and my passion. But absolutely, it just said, you know, you may have a plan for you, but there's a different plan that's greater. And motherhood was the reason that made me kind of see what that shift was. And I have no regrets, obviously, but it completely changed my life and my perspective on life, my relationships, especially like the relationship with my mother. Mm-hmm. I understood her sacrifice. I understood. Even when she would kind of shield us, um, I was, like I said, very much as a young person was that go getter, achiever. And, you know, I wanted to be the senior class president. And she was like, oh, are you sure about that? You know, because she didn't want to see me fail. Mm -hmm. But I did it anyway and I succeeded. Um, But I understood she wasn't that she didn't what didn't support me. She just didn't want me to experience any heartache or disappointment. And I understood that finally once I had children because we want to protect them. Right. So it definitely changed my relationship with her and just the understanding of other mothers and just women. You know, that shift gave me just a different outlook on life. Like I said, being an engineer mostly men, you know, in that field, in that area. So I didn't have a lot of relationships with a whole bunch of women on a work basis. So I kind of thought like them. Mm -hmm. But becoming a mother definitely just opened my eyes to a different viewpoint and a different perspective. And, you know, I think obviously I'm a better person because of it. And the beauty
0: is you still get to use your gift,
1: your talent.
0: A technology brain I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> you know, I think that is one of the most amazing gifts that God can give to us is we think, okay, I have this gift and I have to use it this way. Mm-hmm. When really all of your gifts are able to be integrated, once you find that lane of passion, you can use everything. No matter what, no matter what, you Mm -hmm. know, you're doing, no matter what space you're in, because you have Kumon on this hand. And then you're the technology chair, which I marvel (laughs) at always. Like you do it and you do it so easily. And that's when, you know, you have grace for something. Thank you. I was like, that could not (laughs) be me. (laughs) Just to watch watch (laughs) you navigate that, though to me, is powerful Thank you. and speaks to why it's so important to be in alignment. Absolutely. To be in alignment with what, what matters to you. What, what are you grateful for?
1: Life. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my father. It'll be three years in December. Mm. And that changed my world as well. Um, but each day that we wake up and each day that we have another day to tell somebody you love them, to help someone, you know, it's just really a blessing. I'm, I'm truly grateful for every single day that I have to impact my students, impact people in my family, impact my children. I really am truly grateful for every moment that I have here on this earth. And hopefully I'll do things that will leave a legacy in any way that that may be. It could just be one of my students that remember, you know, how I inspired them or encouraged them or, you know, oh, there are women engineers. Yes, they are. I'm one of them. (laughs) Um, But whatever it may be, I'm just really grateful for every moment that I have. That's awesome.
0: What made you come to Howard from Uh, the other side of the country? like so, over and up <laughs> well, <laughs> from the Pacific Northwest <laughs> to the East Coast. Like, what was that transition like for you? It was hard for me.
1: It, it was absolutely a difficult transition. Not difficult. I loved every moment of it. So when I decided at one point that I needed to go away to college and uh-huh. I said, hmm, Washington State is in this corner. I'm either going to Florida <laughs> or Maine. I have to get as far away from my mom and dad as possible. <laughs> no, but I came out to visit during Spring Fest And I fell in love with the city. I fell in love with the music. I fell in love with the culture. And I fell in love that there was Black people everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Different from Seattle. Completely Mm -hmm. different from Seattle. And Mm -hmm. I just knew. It felt like home. It really did. Um, I came here, like I said, my senior year in high school. And I went to the school of engineering and said, I need my acceptance letter because I know I'm coming here. And when I got home a week later, it was there waiting for me. But I just feel like I said, it felt like home. And I knew I wanted a HBCU experience for sure. Um, but it was just, it just was the right place. It just felt like this is where I needed to be for so many reasons. And Absolutely, it was because yeah, I because you didn't stayed, leave. yeah. I didn't leave. <laughs> they asked, "Do you want us to keep your room?" Nope, that's okay. I won't be back. Yeah. <laughs> just a
0: visit. For me, the transition was difficult because I came on a basketball scholarship mm-hmm. from Florida, mm-hmm. actually, and it wasn't so much the black people who I love, mm-hmm. right? I'm blackety black. It wasn't <laughs> that. I went to an all black high school, so it, it mm-hmm. was not that. It was just. The adjustment to Howard University, being smack dab in the city, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, <laughs> all I have to do is just go over to Georgia Avenue and get on the seventy bus, and then I can go north or south and get in some. I'm not gonna say good trouble, as <laughs> as former Congressman George, um, John Lewis would say, but it, it was it was an adjustment. For me being an athlete and mm. having to choose every day if I was going to do what was best and in my best interest right. or give in to some instant gratification, you know. And my best interest won because I wanted to keep my scholarship.
1: <laughs> I understand that. I wasn't going back to Seattle. I wanted to keep
0: my scholarship because <laughs> I was on a full athletic scholarship. So with that came some responsibility. And and it's really cool. But yeah, I, I haven't gone back home either. I was like,
1: you're still right. here. <laughs> I came and
0: almost 30 years later, I'm still here in DC. I love DC. work for DC government, you know, to be able to have an integral part in the fun stuff. It has to be fun. Like oh. whatever I do has to be fun. And to be able to do that here as part of, you know, the OCTFME team. And then of course, with DC Radio conversations is really, really a blessing. What legacy do you want to leave? How do you want to be remembered?
1: That's an excellent question. For me, the legacy that I want to leave is the impact that I had on the students that you know have been put into my life. I want to leave a legacy of uh, not only just education being a priority, closing that education gap, especially in certain areas that it's not equitable because I believe education is what allows for us to grow and to transcend to different levels, uh, regardless of your background. Um, And there's just so much for us to still learn but that piece, I want to make sure that I have an impact on the importance of education, access to education, allowing our kids to know how smart they really are, to break barriers of the expectations that they need to Only achieve at let's say a five when they really can be a nine or a ten, and just having those low expectations of our kids. And that's you know what are are our one of the big pieces of our program that we do is not just to get them to grade level if they come to us and they are below, but to get them beyond. Because once they go beyond, it opens their eyes to that they can do more than what they ever could imagine doing. You know, I have students that come in that are in middle school and can't even multiply and divide. Mm. That's very real. And they go through the program and they're at the point where they're like, Miss Jackie, guess what? I didn't know how to divide when I came in here. I already knew that, but you know, they Mm -hmm, tell me mm -hmm. and now I can do it. And then I hear stories that, you know, they're in honors math and not to say everyone has an engineering's path, but but that they're doing things that they never could do before. That's the legacy that I want to leave, that you can do more than what is set the expectation that's set for you. So if just okay is what the expectation is, you can go beyond that. And that's the legacy I want to leave for all of the students that... I've had an opportunity to work with. I've been blessed. I mean, I probably have worked with over 2,000 kids in the last 10 years um, that have come through my center and parents that have just even come in just to have their kids tested and to give them knowledge on, you know, this is, you know, you want to make sure your child is here in middle school so that they can take AP classes and just information that wasn't given to me that I had to kind of figure out. And this by happenstance, you know, was luckily able to navigate. There's a lot of parents that just don't know how to navigate the school system and how to advocate for their kids. So in in addition to making sure that the kids are, you know, achieving at levels and that they're aspiring to go beyond, but also educating the parents on these are the avenues that you have for your child and how you can get them the best. And so we talk about my business is Kumon, but my actual business name is A Dream Education. And that name came from me believing that everyone should have access to a dream education, regardless of where they come from, regardless of their, you know, background, cultural background, that they should be able to have access to education because that breaks every barrier and makes it equitable just through education.
0: So that that is so powerful. And I have an appreciation for what you're saying. Because I remember when my daughter was in middle school and I didn't really like math. Mm. Right. So I remember going to a teacher parent conference or like parent night at her school, which was a performing arts school. Mm. So I was focused on what she was doing artistically and creatively, as well as her academics, like, Mm -hmm. you know, reading, writing, et cetera. But I remember talking to her math teacher and I said, so how is she doing? You know, I know she's probably not going to be as good in math because I wasn't as good in math. And he looked at me in the eye. He said, why would you say that? Mm -hmm. Now, my daughter's 29. She was probably... 12, mm-hmm. and that stuck with me. I mean, he just looked at me like, why would you say that? Just because you weren't good at math doesn't mean she can't be good at math. And it it just was an assumption mm-hmm. that I made. So I love that you include increasing the parents' awareness of what's possible. Because a lot of parents don't know. So and, that's huge. Yeah. So you're not only an educator, you you are an advocate, which makes you so awesome. <laughs> well, <thank> you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really love that. How do how do parents get to know as we're wrapping up here? How do they discover a dream education? Like how do parents find you? How do students get to you?
1: Uh, So, you know, we are on social media. A Dream Education is actually our handle on Instagram, on Facebook. And um, if you, or if you Google the Kumon of Crofton, that will pop up and you'll see my face (laughs) and uh, they can click through there and that's how they can reach us. I had
0: never heard of Kumon before meeting you. It's been around so, for 60 years. How long? 60 years. It started I'm in saying? Japan. It's that's There's what a we're reason talking why about. you don't know about it. Exactly. Come on.
1: But it's been Girl. around for 60 years. It started in Japan. Used to be in churches. I get a lot of parents to say, Oh, is this why these set of kids are so smart? Yes. Not necessarily, yeah. but they do programs like this that keep them going beyond. Because, like I said, the, so good. the standard is, is low for a lot of our kids, and they should be achieving so much higher.
0: Well, thank you thank for what you, you are doing to elevate and expand the standard and to increase what's possible. Like that's what I hear through everything is, you know, that you're an arrow to possibilities. And I think it's wonderful. Thank you, Jackie. Thank so you. roar. Jackie Langworthy. Thank you so much thank for you. being here. And again, um, our guests can connect with you, follow you, get more information at A Dream Education on Instagram and Facebook. And you can also connect with me. My website is VickyJohnson.com. That's V-I-K-K-I. I -I. I am also on all social media platforms at all things Vicky, And again, that's V-I-K-K-I. Listen, soul wealth is your birthright. It is your inheritance. Anything is possible. That's what we've been talking about here today, possibilities. So go out into the world, Live with purpose, live with intention, live your passion. Most importantly, as I say daily, live full so you can die empty. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, everybody, peace. You've been
1: listening to Soul Wealth, wealthy conversations that nurture the soul with Dr. Vicki Johnson. Soul Wealth is not just a brand. It's a lifestyle of vision, compassion, authenticity, abundance, and legacy created one conversation, one choice at a time. For more information, visit vickijohnson.com or click on Soul Wealth at dcradio.gov.